today I'm doing 20 podcast episodes for other people's shows. It's one day per week. If I do that every single day of the week, no way. But I woke up this morning and this was my Super Bowl. This was my one day that I'm going all in from beginning to end. And I can do that. And so what it's come down to is right now, it's all about just doing the things that only I can do and then outsourcing everything else. Welcome to Fascinating Entrepreneurs. How do people end up becoming an entrepreneur? How do they scale and grow their businesses? How do they plan for profit? Are they in it for life or are they building to exit? These and a myriad of other topics will be discussed to pull back the veil on the wizardry of successful and fascinating entrepreneurs. Hey, can you do me a favor? While you're listening to this podcast, can you open a web browser and type in officialnatashamiller.com? Yes, this is my brand new website that I built for you. Entrepreneurs that want to scale and grow their businesses. It's packed full of information, articles, blog posts, podcasts, and also you can download the free Profit Finder Guide that helps you find more profit in your current business. You can get on the wait list for my digital course and be the first to know when my book, Relentless, is up for presale. Today, I talked to the one and only John Lee Dumas of the Entrepreneurs on Fire podcast. He publishes his PL monthly and is up to $2 million in revenue to date. We talk about his new book, his company culture, and his strategy for growth. Now let's get right into it. What it really came down to was the fact that I wanted to experience traditional publishing for maybe the one and only time in my life. Maybe I'll do it again. Who knows? But I really loved the team that was formed around me the minute that I signed the dotted line with HarperCollins leadership, having a publisher, an editor, a marketing department, and people just really that knew what they were doing, they were experienced, and they were making things happen was just something that I thought was really cool. And you know that was really what excited me about the process was having that ready-made team. Now, I could definitely have gotten that in other places, I'm sure. But at the same time, I liked the fact that it was a time and tested proven commodity, HarperCollins leadership. I like the fact that other great authors like John Maxwell and Rachel Hollis had published with HarperCollins leadership. And that was going to potentially be a way for me to connect with them. And overall, it was just a, a really exciting, new, different experiment. Cool. My editor is from HarperCollins and the level of ability is out of this world. But even though you're assigned to HarperCollins and you've got a publishing book, you have to do a lot of marketing and outreach for social media and such because they only go so far. Even New York Times bestseller authors are saying, you got to do it all. So what's your plan? I have a 21 point monster marketing plan. What do you have? <laughs> <laughs> I have 10 years of building relationships with some amazing influencers and other people who we're more than happy to share their platform for 10, 15, 20, 35 minutes to talk a little bit about my little uh, business project, my little book project, The Common Path to Uncommon Success. Yeah, good title. Titles, by the way, not my friend, really hard Something to Something that, by with. the way, Harper really helped me with too. I didn't have that title going into my relationship with them. And we went back and forth with a number of things. We 
did polls and we tested their audience. You my split audience. tested. That's so great because a lot of traditional publishers aren't split testing. And so to hear that HarperCollins is in the know now, that's amazing. Thank God. So do you have a tagline for your book? Because that's another thing that is not fun. The 17-step roadmap to financial freedom and fulfillment. Yeah, that's good. So you're a visionary, in my opinion, and I'm assuming you work on your business versus in it. Are you delegating more than 80% of your day-to-day time to your four full-time employees and freelancers? Absolutely. Probably more like 94%. I work one day per week. That one day, I work really hard. Like I am back-to-back. And today's that day for me. Next week, it's Thursday. I'm doing eight interviews for my show. Entrepreneurs on Fire. Today, I'm doing 20 podcast episodes for other people's shows. It's one day per week. It's one day per week. If I do that every single day of the week, no way. But I woke up this morning and this was my Super Bowl. This is my one day that I'm going all in from beginning to end. And I can do that. And so what it's come down to is right now, it's all about just doing the things that only I can do and then outsourcing everything else. I love it. Please, entrepreneurs, listen to that because it is one of the number one things I come into when I talk to other entrepreneurs. They're trying to do it all and it's not possible. You can't be successful if you do that. And then describe your company culture. So you have a small group. How does it support your success and how do you support them to keep them engaged? One of the biggest things that I think is a reason for the success of my team, even though it is very small but mighty, is that I give very, very light and vague directives. And then I entrusted them to create the process, to create the systems, to take ownership of that project, to make it their baby. Because now, hey, I didn't tell you exactly what to do. Now you can blame me when it doesn't work. No, you came up with what to do. It's not working. There's no way to blame but yourself. And so with that, it's their baby. They take ownership. They know that, hey, if this doesn't work, it's nobody to blame but myself. And they want to see that succeed. And so they take it on. And I think there's too many micromanagers out there. I think there's too many people that are giving somebody a task and then looking over their shoulder for every yeah. single up and down, dotting of the I, crossing of the T. And you're kind of now doing double the work. Now you've hired somebody, told them to do the work, and now you're watching them do the work. And it's like, why are we doing this? Thank you again. I'm 100% there with you. And I think for my team, I might have let go of the reins too much. They might want a little bit more of me. So I'm actually popping back in, not to micromanage, but to support and show that I'm here. Although I'm here is on Slack because of the pandemic, but I think people don't mind not commuting to the San Francisco office. So And I'm assuming you have a distributed remote team. Yes. We have two people in the Philippines, one person in Pakistan. Wow. That's great. Time difference issues. But you know what? Now you're working around the clock, right? Around the clock. Yeah. Yeah. So you publish your PNL on eofire.com, which I thought was amazing. And it goes back to, I think, 2013. Yeah. What are your goals and what do you want to adjust to meet them if you fall short? So what are your goals for that entity? specifically the podcast. So my goals when it comes to like our income reports and just our podcast in general is to be as open, as honest, as transparent as we can be with every part of our business because I really want to build the biggest and the highest level 
of know, like, and trust that I can with my audience, with my listeners who I lovingly refer to as Fire Nation. So for 97 months in a row, we've been publishing our income reports to show every single dollar that we've made, every single dollar we've spent. So you can see what our successes are, hopefully emulate some of those. You can see what our failures are because we talk about those every month as well. Hopefully avoid some of those failures. We bring our lawyer on to share a legal tip when it comes to small business owners, so that it adds even more value to the report. We bring our accountant on to share a tax tip to add even more value to make it this really kind of looked forward to fleshed out income report of what's working for us right now in the business. I love it because I did an entrepreneurial masterclass at Harvard and there they do case studies where they put forward information about companies and then the people in the class get to tear it apart. And guess what they get to do? They tear it apart in front of the business owner, hmm. which is, I mean, so awkward. Do you allow for your attorney and your accountant to say, you guys spent this and eh, it didn't work? Yeah. Never privately, only publicly. I want my audience to be hearing this stuff the same time that I do so that they get the exact reaction, the open, the honest, the immediate reaction that I get of like, whoa, that was a huge mistake. That was a big screw up because that's what happens. That's business. That's life. And we're always making mistakes. We're always fixing things. We're always breaking things. We're always having big successes. We're always having big failures. It's really the full Monty. Where did you come up with that idea and the courage to do that? Because not many entrepreneurs would do that. So the idea came from Pat Flynn of Smart Passive Income back in 2011, which is before I even launched my podcast. Mm -hmm. He had been publishing for a couple of years, his income reports. And I was just blown away that here was a guy with a family. He was a good guy. You could just tell he was just nice, kind, genuine. And here he was making real money online and sharing exactly how he was doing it. And I was like, if I ever get to the point where I'm actually making money as an online entrepreneur, I'm going to give the same hope and inspiration to others that Pat's now giving to me in this moment. And so when that ended up happening a couple of years later, I just fulfilled my pledge. Awesome. What is your number one strategy right now for growth? Being a guest on other podcasts. Because guess what? Podcast listeners listen to podcasts. I know it's a hard like meta thing to grasp <laughs> that podcast listeners listen to podcasts, but so many people are trying a million different things to grow their audience. I try one thing, speaking to people who are already converted. I'm just trying to convert the converted right now. Every single person who's hearing my voice, they already have the podcast app downloaded. They've already made a part of their day-to-day -day lives. They have a space carved out in their busy schedules to consume content like this. And guess what? The average podcast listener listens to seven podcasts. I just want to become one of your seven. I want you to listen to Entrepreneurs on Fire because you're getting value from this show and from me right now, dropping value on your head. Hopefully, you think you'll get the same thing from as I'm a host on Entrepreneurs on Fire with my guest dropping value on your head. That's my biggest focus, which is why I dedicate an entire day per month, which may not sound like a lot, but for me it is because I'm doing 20 interviews on that day on other shows. Your next book, just put this down, Convert the Converter, just title. I like um, it. Next thing is one, what is your biggest challenge right now that you are faced with? 
what to say yes to, because we get so many opportunities that come at us from all the different areas that we just essentially just have an automatic no to everything because it's just too much. It's overwhelming. And we're not really looking to do anything else besides our core competency. But there's that occasional just gem in the dark that like is a huge hell yes. And we've got to be able to identify that. So that's the biggest challenge is what is that Yes, because once you expend that bullet on that one thing, you can't take it back because now your time, energy, and bandwidth is now going down this path so that when that real gem comes along, you might not even know about it. Last question. Are you building to sell, to exit? I am not. And that may change someday, but at this point with what I'm doing right now, I just don't see exactly how Entrepreneurs on Fire could be transitioned with me being the voice, the face, the brand. But at some point, it'd be nice to maybe start making that gradual transition. I don't know what that would look like now. But as of this moment, we are not built to sell. This was John Lee's 19th out of 20 interviews he gave today. He brought it with incredible energy and attentiveness. Amazing he's managed to figure out how to build an empire while working just one day a week with three employees. To learn more, go to the show notes where you're listening to this podcast. Want to know more about me? Go to my website, officialnatashamiller.com. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you loved the show. If you did, please subscribe. Also, if you haven't done so yet, please leave a review where you're listening to this podcast now. I'm Natasha Miller, and you've been listening to Fascinating Entrepreneurs.